I'm talking about creating a prophetic atmosphere. Can you say creating a prophetic atmosphere? A prophetic atmosphere. Is there anything like that? Yes. Mind you, the Lord has spoken to us before this year began that 2021 is our year of glorious emergence. It is what? And I wish you would come to the place where you would take the revelation as yours and make it personal and say 2021 is my year of glorious emergence. Once you begin to personalize the revelation, you are on course. So that regardless of whoever believes or not, you just know that it is my year. Then, from the beginning of this month, May, the Lord started pointing out a certain indication that it will not happen just because he had spoken. Okay? Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled everywhere. In heaven. In heaven. That means that it may not be settled here on earth. It is the responsibility of those here on earth to do something with the word that is already settled in heaven to ensure that it is also settled here in our lives here on earth. Hallelujah. And that is exactly what we've been doing since the beginning of this month, ensuring that we use faith because faith is a material both of the foundation as well as of the building. If we are ever going to experience the prophetic, which we say is the will of God, we've got to know how to conduct ourselves in that regard. That is why, apart from the other two Sundays, second and ninth, throughout the period, Monday through Friday, during the dumb brokers, those who have been connected on dumb brokers, have been sharing thoughts along those lines. I will encourage you, you can go back to the page on Facebook and get all those inspirations, you know, in your heart that will, that will ginger you because you must experience the will of God. Can you tell us, I must experience the will of God. Last week, for instance, we spoke about faith always speaks. And that is an aspect of making sure that the will of God materializes in my life and in your life. Today, we are talking about creating an, or creating a prophetic atmosphere. An atmosphere for the prophetic. Why? Because it's not every atmosphere that will necessarily bring about God's mind and God's will. There are certain atmospheres when you find yourself in such atmospheres, I'm telling you, rather than hearing from God, rather than experiencing God, you will go and sleep and start having nightmares. Ever been, be, ever been through that before? There are certain atmospheres, and that is why Bible talks about, he said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Evil communication corrupts good manners. The word communication is the Greek word koinonia, which also means association. Evil relationship, evil, evil companionship, corrupt good manners. So it's not every atmosphere that will necessarily spell out the will of God for your life. That is why they say that, show me your friend, and I will do what? And I will show you your character. There are certain people, if you say that this is my very close friend, he's in my inner circle, 
then they know that, oh, then you are one of them. If the person is an armed robber, for instance, they know that if you're not an armed robber, at least you're a thief. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So there is an atmosphere that spells out the will of God. And we find that in Acts chapter 13. And then we will also look at Ephesians chapter 5 to buttress the same point. Mind you, Apostle Paul at this juncture had not even been given the Greek version of his name. His name as a Hebrew is Saul or was Saul. Okay? And if he were to be relating with the Jews primarily, he would have been called Saul. But because his calling was to the Gentiles, he needed to pick a name that will make him identify easily with the Gentiles. So he picked the Greek version of his name, which is Paul. Hallelujah. So you find that his name is mentioned here as Saul. And from here, we find this man who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, we find him beginning his first missionary journey. And that was to spell out the will of God. I have been wondering, assuming this atmosphere they created in Acts chapter 13 was not created, assuming they were doing their own thing, assuming, you know, Apostle Paul thought that, okay, I have been called by God, but I can just stay home and do my own thing, called would he, let me use that word, would he have heard from God and known God's will for his life as far as he's being sent as a missionary, an apostle to the Gentiles was concerned. Of course, Jesus had told him right from the beginning when he met him on the road to Damascus that he said, go your way. I will show him how many things that he will suffer for my name's sake. You remember, Jesus appeared to Ananias that there is a man called Saul, okay, who had been blinded when he had an encounter with me. Go and pray for him and that he may receive his sight and that he may be filled with the spirit. And Ananias started complaining in a vision. You know, you know some people are so problematic that even in a vision, they are so problematic. I mean, the man was so controversial that even in a vision, when the Lord himself had appeared to him and said, that, go and pray for this man, he was still arguing with the Lord. He said, Lord, I have heard by many how this man had troubled the church, killed some people. He was the one who supervised the first martyr, Stephen. And here also, I heard that he had received letters so that he would catch some of us and put us into prison and kill us. Jesus told him, go your way. I will show him how many things he will suffer for my name's sake. So in other words, it doesn't matter what somebody knows about you. Is somebody here what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Some people may know so much about you such that by human standard you don't qualify. Because the man was a murderer. He supervised murder. Yet, the Lord says, he is my chosen vessel. I pray that you will find the will of God. Regardless of the tag men have put on you. Maybe they have said that you, there is no way you amount to anything. When they look at the family lineage, when they look at the criteria and realize that nobody has, has attained this height, then they have tagged you in that regard. But let God be true, but every man a liar. You are finding the will of God. In the year 2021, you are finding the will of God. 
and you will emerge gloriously in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So, he was accepted. That's a long story. He had been a part of the church. And they were in Antioch. So in Acts chapter 13, look at what was happening in Acts 13 from verse 1. I'll read the first five verses. But I'll encourage you, if it's possible, to read chapter 13 and chapter 14 today. At least chapter 14 ends his first missionary journey. I was surprised to see that even the first missionary journey, just the first one, the man suffered beatings. <laughs> I'm like, wow, first one. He suffered beatings. In fact, he died. He died, and then the Bible said the disciples stood around him and prayed, and he rose up, and then they went together. So, wow, first missionary journey. No wonder John Mark ran away. I'm telling you, this one, I, I, I'm a dad, but I'm not going to suffer these things. I'll get out of here. John Mark was their assistant, he and the one that God called, Barnabas. But he ran away. Because when John Mark looked at the hotel, he said, hey, this thing calling. I'm going. I'm not going. I'm going back home. Hallelujah. Now, verse 1 of Acts 13. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niga. Okay, that means he was, he was a black man. It's not today they started calling us nigger. Don't worry when they condemn you and say that you look at you, you are a black man. Don't worry, it's not about skin. It's about the content of our heart. Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So the word Saul here is a reference to the man I'm talking about. That was his Hebrew name. Verse says, as they, these prophets and teachers, as they ministered. Oh, I like this one. As what? They ministered to the Lord. And I like what they did. Because God wants us to do the same thing before even August. And fasted. As see us. If not by the close of this month, in June, in a certain fast. Three days, five days, seven days. Adding it to creating an atmosphere for the prophetic so that our antenna will be so sharp that we can pick prophetic signals and know the will of God for ourselves. So please get ready in case you've been eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then you add the night one, at least reduce it to some two times a day. So that your body will not complain when you start fasting. Fasting, we have taught that is abstinence from food. So you can devote yourself completely and wholly to the things of God. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And we will see how they ministered to the Lord, okay? We will we'll see it in Ephesians chapter 5 very soon. But here is the point. Listen, they were creating an atmosphere. Do you know many of us have desired God ministering to us, but we don't know that God never, he doesn't impose himself on anybody. Sometimes you find people saying that I came and then the pastor didn't say anything about me. He didn't, he didn't say anything about me. And some people have been in church for years and nothing has been pointed out to them as far as the will of God is concerned. It's probably could be that you have not learned how to first minister to the Lord. The Bible says, if the clouds be full of rain 
they empty themselves back to the earth. It's what goes up that comes down. In the book of Revelations, for instance, you see that the saints prayed and then God mixed their prayers with incense from heaven. An angel mixed their prayers with incense from heaven and then poured that incense on the altar where there was fire. And immediately he poured the prayers of the saints with incense. Bible says that there, there was thunders and lightnings and earthquakes because he poured it back to the earth. It is what goes up that comes down. In James, Apostle James says that, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So please don't say that because I am in Christ, God must take care of me and show me the way at all costs. No, he doesn't. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. There are some things you will never show some people because they are in the outer circle. But you will reveal secrets. Jesus told even his disciples, he said that they said in those days, in the 80s, is what has materialized today. And those you find as founding fathers of, you know, great moves of God in this nation didn't begin like that. They began on the note of learning how to minister to the Lord, coupled with fasting. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, did he speak from the skies? I'm asking the question. Did the Holy Spirit speak from... Mind you, the Holy Spirit, he is described as the Spirit who proceeds from the Father. That phrase is powerful. He didn't say proceeded from the Father. Meaning that is the, the Holy Spirit, okay, you know, Jesus went to heaven, received the promise of the Father, and shed abroad his Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Then scripture says he is the Spirit that proceeds Take note of the phrase, proceeds. He didn't say it's the spirit that proceeded. Meaning that the Holy Spirit encompasses both heaven and earth. He is in heaven. He is here on earth. He, he is the one that envelopes the head together with the members of the body. Because you cannot disconnect the body from the head. So he is with Jesus and he is also with us and in us. He is in Jesus and he is in us. And he has been around ever since. So if he is to speak, he speaks through one of us. Prophets and teachers were ministering, and then the Holy Ghost says, so it is one of them, one of the apostles, they were then not called apostles. In fact, it was when Barnabas and Saul, that is Paul, were sent, that is when they started calling them apostles. If you read chapter 13 to the end and chapter 14, you see that they were now referred to as apostles. Who is an apostle? An apostle is a saint one. They were sent on a mission. But until then, they, either they were prophet, teacher, or prophet alone, or teacher alone. Are you there? As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, in other words, if we learn to minister to the Lord, the Lord will use one of us to speak. And that's what I'm referring to. That That's how the church that you find in this nation, Ghana, body of Christ, nationwide, that is how it all began. At that time, they used to call us mushroom churches. These are mushroom churches, you know, because we were just gathering together, sometimes in, high, in bushes, yes, by the beachside, in some people's homes. And it was frequent, frequent, Fellowship. The era we are in, 
they say we shouldn't even gather together often because the more you move, the more something else moves. So we must find a platform to still gather together, nonetheless. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. There is the difference between assembling yourselves and then assembling yourselves together. Because sometimes we can be assembled together, we can be assembled, but we are not together. Hallelujah. Amen. And the assembling, to, um, assembling may not even be physical like we have done. There are a lot of others who are watching on Facebook, who will later on even watch on Facebook. It can be an assembling on various virtual platforms, but we are together because we want to achieve the prophetic for ourselves. We want to experience the prophetic for ourselves. So we want to learn how to create that atmosphere. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now, in other words, from this hour, all this while you have been in church, but now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Oh, glory be to God. I said that this is so significant because what about if they didn't learn to minister to the Lord? Do you know that we might not have learned about Apostle Paul's missionary journeys? We might not have had the letters because it was through the missionary journeys that he found himself in very difficult situations like the church of Philippi, for instance, he wrote that letter to them from prison. His hands were in chains. And he wrote from prison. And today, you and I read Philippians, like you read Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven. The man was in prison, writing from prison. But it was through his journeys that we got to tears of the New Testament documented for us. But how did his journeys begin? They began from Acts chapter 13 as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. I said towards the close of this month, into June, there will be a call for us to add some fasting because before August, when we shall have 21 days of prayer and fasting called times of refreshing, the Lord would want us to establish ourselves in his will between May, June, July. And then by August, we will concretize it. We will, we will endorse it. We will know that we are in the will of God. How many believe that? I tell you, this year you will testify of the goodness of the Lord. The Lord said something to me about 2023. I said, wow. Wow. Please brace up. Because after greater glory, 2023 is something else. It's not something that you desire. It's not something you even put on church and say that, oh, this is our year of glorious emergence. 2022, our year of greater glory. 2023, I wonder whether we we'll even say it publicly. <laughs> because what the Lord said to me, I said, wow. It was yesterday night. He told me about it yesterday night. I said, wow. May his will be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. So, verse 3 says, Then, having fasted and prayed. Oh, so you see, when God shows his will, you don't just take off. They were already ministering to the Lord and fasting. Now the Lord points out his will through one of them. Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then verse 3 says, then having fasted. In other words, they, they fasted them all. For confirmation, I believe. 
Are you hearing? The Lord has spoken. Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. When he spoke to the Corinthian church, he said, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. Every prophetic word must be judged. In other words, must be discerned to know whether it is the will of God or not. And I keep saying that if I give a prophetic word and your spirit tells you that this one, the man has missed it, you are free to reject it. You are what? Free to reject it because don't let any human being on earth put you in bondage with a prophetic word. Don't. That will be like selling your destiny to chance. <clears throat> so then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, I like that. They did what? They laid hands on them. They sent them away. But it was not they, it was the Holy Ghost. Look at it. Verse 4 says, So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit... So these were guidance by the Spirit. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, or Salamis rather, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. John Mark is the one being referred to here. You read about him, that it was because of him that, look at it. Just to say this in addition to what we have read. A man, two men that were called by God in the will of God. Because of one person, John Mark. Because John Mark left them somewhere along the line. And then, at a point in time, he wanted to come back. And Apostle Paul, then we, his name had been referred to as Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul said, no, 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 me, I don't like... Apostle Paul was a choleric, you know. He was a short man, choleric. He didn't take nonsense. I don't want this one. Get out of here. <laughs> Mr. Achu, we are laughing. He was not just a short man, but he was also choleric. He didn't take nonsense, so please. I don't like this Dadabari kind of behavior. Let him go. I don't need him around. And Barnabas, remember his name was not Barnabas. He was nicknamed Barnabas because he was a son of consolation. He was a man who knew, to, who knew how to exhort, to encourage, to pamper, you know. So, Paul, don't do that. Let's take him. And the Bible said that the contention was so strong that they separated. Paul and Barnabas separated. Jesus Christ. And then Paul took Silas and went in the next direction and then Barnabas took John Mark and went in another direction. What are you talking about? It's not my message, but let me tell you prophetically what that means. It means that there comes a time in the will of God where people who have been called into a certain direction by the will of God can find some reason, whether justified or not, to still go their separate ways. The beautiful thing about Barnabas and Saul was that none of the two went outside of Christ. Although the record emphasized more about Apostle Paul. Why? Because the recorder, Dr. Luke, was in that company. So he spoke more about Apostle Paul. However, history also has a record about Barnabas and John Mark. To the extent that somewhere along the line, 
Apostle Paul himself requested and said that, send John Mark to me because he is more profitable to me for the ministry. Come on. Oh my God. I like it. That in the Bible, nobody's mistakes was hidden. Are you there? I like it. Because right from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you realize that whether good deeds or bad deeds, everyone, uh, there was a time Apostle Paul, for instance, rebuked and that thing really strikes my heart. He rebuked Apostle Peter. Please, you know Apostle Peter. He was the one who Jesus told him, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He was the one that was commissioned with, as it were, the gospel to the Jews. Pioneered a certain move before even Saul, Paul, came in. But Apostle Peter had a weakness. His weakness was that he was a racist. He was typically Jewish and didn't want to have anything to do with Gentiles. Like you and I, you would call us nigger. Oh, these are unclean people. I don't want them. To the extent that God showed him a vision. Don't call unclean what God has called cleanse. Three times to confirm that he was the one sending him to Cornelius, who was an Italian, for him to send the gospel. And in fact, if not for the vision, and then coupled with that, after he saw the vision, God had sent messengers from Cornelius because Cornelius also had angelic visitations, and God sent messengers to Apostle Peter. So while he was thinking about the vision, he heard that there were some people at the gate looking for him. And that confirmed that God indeed, indeed was sending him to the Gentiles. So he went. I am sure reluctantly. Oh, may we find the will of God and do it. He went preach. Whilst preaching, God knowing that if I leave this thing to this man, he will not even do an altar call. So while they were preaching, listen. Gentiles who never knew anything about the gospel, heard the gospel, believe it, and then were cleansed by the spirit, filled with the spirit, and started speaking in tongues. Wow! And Apostle Peter said, what stops us from baptizing these ones in water? Seeing that the same experience we had on the day of Pentecost, they have had it. Do you know, when they went back, they rebuked Peter. and said, why did you go to the Gentiles? They were, they were like, no, 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 you are wrong. Then he now explained to them his encounters why he went. But do you know the same Peter somewhere along the line, after a long time, he had now appreciated and decided that he was associated with the Gentiles. He was eating with some Gentiles while the Jews were not around. Apostle Paul was around. And he was watching. Oh, thank God now you are free. Your mind is now liberated. Your mind is renewed. When Apostle Peter saw this weakness was still in him, when he saw some Jews were coming, quickly he withdrew himself, washed his hands. Said, no, 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 no. Apostle Paul looked at him and said, why are you being hypocritical? Jesus Christ. I am looking at Apostle Paul who was not around when Jesus walked the earth. He was not with the disciples. Apostle Peter was a pioneer. He knew better. But Apostle Paul said, you are wrong. And rebuke him publicly. I said, Jesus. That thing is apostolic matters. I won't go into that. But I'm just telling you that, see, nobody is spared when it comes to our weaknesses, our records. That is why when we arrive in heaven, oh, over there, when they mention Mrs. Rebecca Mensah, oh boy, then everything is displayed on the screen. Whose name should I mention? Come on. 
The moment your name is mentioned, everything. And this is the host from Adam. Throughout eternal generations, everybody watching your record. May God have mercy on us. May God, who washes as white as snow, wash us from our sins. So that secret faults, secret sins, hidden sins, sins in our hearts that nobody knows will be cleansed forever. So that on that day, we will not put embarrassment our heads in shame, but we will rejoice knowing that we are forgiven. There was an article I read when I was very young. I used to read gospel tracts a lot. And the person never mentioned his name, but he demanded that when he leaves the earth after he is dead, they should not put anything on the tombstone. They should not write from this to this. They should not write anything. The only thing they should write on it is forgiving. Someone say forgiving. I think the man understood the power of forgiveness. That the best name, the best description, like you go to the cemetery and then you are looking for, oh, so so and so, oh, uh, oh, this one was also here. Oh, this one. Oh, so he passed on. But in his case, not even the year he was born, nor the year he, was, he died, the only thing on the tombstone was forgiving. I pray that we'll receive God's forgiveness. So that, and there's something that has come to my spirit right now. When it comes to forgiveness, do you know, the Bible says that the one that is born of God, he has fellowship with God and with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses him from all sin. When we fellowship together, there's a cleansing. Do you see why we shouldn't forsake the assembly of ourselves together? There's a cleansing. There are sometimes you are struggling to overcome a certain difficulty, whether it is a habit, a sin, or an attitude, or a battle. But there's something about the corporate anointing. What you cannot achieve all by yourself, under the corporate anointing, God gives grace. And he gives grace to the humble. That's why they fast. Fasting humbles the soul. David said, I humble my soul with fasting. There are times where your own mind wants to override the mind of Christ. There are times where your own will wants to resist the will of God. But fasting will humble your soul and help you to submit to the will of God. And then together, you will see it in Ephesians 5. Can we go there? Together, as we fellowship together, as we share love together, we are cleansed. I pray. I think the best atmosphere for the prophetic is when the people know mutually they are cleansed and they are washed and they are sanctified. That gives confidence and boldness. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain, the word obtain means to collect, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can collect mercy. Is anybody struggling? Is anybody finding difficult to please God? Collect mercy today. In the name of Jesus Christ. So Ephesians 5, I like the King James version of this particular verses I'm going to read, but let me still read from the New King James. That line I like in the King James, I'll refer to it when I get there. Ephesians 5, still talking about creating a prophetic atmosphere. Let me pick it from verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
In other words, make the most of the time. Utilize the time. Already, are you aware that we are almost halfway through the year 2021? Jesus Christ. Don't let this year end without you experiencing God's will for yourself. As far as your emergence and the glorious one for that matter is concerned. Because that will delay your greater glory. And after greater glory, I'll tell you about 2023. Because I need to find out the exact details of what God told me about 2023. It's not pleasant, mind you, please. It's not. But we will seal through. Thank you, Lord. See then that you work circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Oh, that we will understand the will of God and then experience that will for ourselves. 18 says, and do not, because of that, it says, don't become um, party, party person. Moving from, you know, one club to the other. Enjoying yourself. Don't live for the self. And do not be drunk with wine. In other words, don't be indulgent in things that do not have lasting value. Don't, don't say it doesn't matter. Somebody brought, you know, I visited because of a situation. Then he brought a very nice bottle. Very nice bottle. Big. You know, nice. They said that this one is, I've not chilled it, but I want to give you some. I said, what is it? So is this particular, I said, but uh, I am seeing a certain percentage of alcohol. So it doesn't matter. It matters to me. Then I told him my experience about alcohol. I don't know about you, but I told him my experience, and I've shared that in part with you. It was not alcohol that I took, what they have drank under the thought, you know, the, the, that thought glass, and I sip it on my tongue. The way I misbehave, you have no idea. I didn't even see it all, but I was told by this mate of mine that, hey, the way I misbehave. He said, I was climbing people's beds. I had gone for balls of kinky from the dining hall, and I, was, I had climbed people's beds and, and misbehaving, jubilating with balls of kinky, you know. So I told myself, at that time I was not even born again, no, but I told myself that this thing is disgraceful. So, oh yeah, hallelujah. And that's so many years ago. I think 1990, yeah. Ever since, my tongue has not tasted alcohol. I think I have so much benefit from the Holy Ghost that I don't need that one. Are you there? Because when I got born again, one of the dramatic experiences I had was that I was praying, I remember, on a hockey pitch in St. Peter's. Praying up and down before I realized, I received the Holy Ghost. By, I was just seeking God and I received the Holy Ghost. And ever since, I have never tried alcohol. That day I said, let me test what is in this thing. They were my seniors. And they are drunk, and I was with them. I said, let me just taste. So he says, don't be indulgent. Don't say it doesn't matter. It matters. You want to experience the will of God for yourself. There are some things you've got to cut them off. He says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. The word dissipation is translated as debauchery elsewhere. It also means 
misbehavior like I did. But be filled with the Spirit. I think God knew that if he does not give me the Holy Ghost and, and get me filled with the Holy Ghost, I will go and try it again. So quickly, by the time we returned from that vacation, that was the vacation I really became serious with Christ. So by the time we came second term, I was converted. And I started preaching powerfully in school. But be filled with the Spirit, then he gave the clue. How do you do it? Verse 19 of the New King James says, speaking to one another. But I have told you repeatedly that if you look at the Colossians expression, the Colossians actually said speaking to one another and the King James was emphatic about it. But in the New King James, they used speaking to one another in both Ephesians and Colossians. But I, I like the King James of this particular scripture for a reason. Let me read Ephesians 519 from the King James and I'll come back to the New King James. Okay, For purposes of communication, I use the New King James, but the King James says speaking to yourselves is different from speaking to one another. Because we are talking about creating a prophetic atmosphere. I speak to myself, you speak to yourself. Pastor John Ashaba speaks to himself. Speak to yourself so that when you are even at home alone, you can still do the same. It's different from speaking to one another. The Colossians 1 was actually a reference to speaking to one another, encouraging one another. But here, he is talking about speaking to yourself, you as an individual, singularly, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, like we were doing this morning. Then he added, singing. You see, if it was singing to one another, I'm telling you, some people say that I don't qualify. But I'm, I'm glad he says singing to yourself. Singing and making melody in your heart to, to the Lord. So he's talking about how, this, how they ministered to the Lord. This is how they ministered to the Lord. And then they added fasting. Speaking to yourself in Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. You can even make a song out of it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him will I trust and I will say of the Lord I'm telling you, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him, oh Lord. My God, my God in him. Oh my God, my God. That is how we were creating a prophetic atmosphere before we realized some are prophets, some are apostles, some are evangelists, some are ministers, you know, in songs, and they are still doing it. 
speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yesterday, or even this morning, I did the same thing. When I was driving, I was coming. I found myself singing in tongues. And you know something about singing in tongues? If your mind is alert, as you are singing in tongues, it will register a song in the natural, whether known or unknown. And then you find yourself singing it. How do ministers select songs to minister? You must learn to minister to the Lord first. Then he will give you the songs. So that you know that you are going to take the people of God into the same atmosphere you have been to. If you are not going to experiment what you have not gone into, you will come and do practice here. We do rehearsal at home. Then in church, what you have experienced, you come and usher us in. That is why some people lead us in songs and they never take us anywhere. Why? Because they have not been there. You can't lead people where you have not been to. You can't. And this is not, it's not Koak and Kai. That's the Hebrew of might and power. It's not might and power. It's about the grace of God. Having understood that it's my responsibility to lead a people somewhere. A prophetic atmosphere so that they will know the will of God for themselves and live in that will. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. So there are psalms like we just sang and hymns. What, which hymn? Oh, I like some of the hymns so much, I'm telling you. Like the one that says that, uh, the one that says that, what is that hymn? It's, it's so powerful. It's not all for a thousand tongues. There's a hymn that, that is so powerful. I'm like, wow. How did he get these lyrics? That talks about aha, uh -huh, the one that says that 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 Christ and Christ should die for me. That, that I mean that God should and can it be that I should gain an interest the Savior's blood? Think about it. Died he for me who cost his pain for me who him to death pursued amazing love amazing love how can it be that thou my God also died for me Amazing love, how can it be that my God's died for me? It's a hymn I have meditated upon over and over. How did this man get these lyrics? It's an amazing love that Christ. Do you know what it means for God to die for you? It means that listen. You are pardoned already. It's not your mistake that will disqualify you unless you now choose to disqualify yourself. He says, come, you come. I know your weakness. Bible says Jesus Christ was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. But when he became the high priest, he did not use that to intimidate us. He didn't say, see, me, I live for 33 and a half years, I never sinned, and you are sinning, and get out of here. No, he never did that. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace, because he has qualified for us. Come. His blood will qualify you. 
So when, when, when you think that you are a mess, that is the one God says, I like. I like the one who sees himself as a mess. The one who knows that he doesn't qualify. I, the blood will qualify you. Like Apostle Paul, he actually said that this is a great mystery and, and without any contradiction that God came to save sinners of whom he didn't say I was chief. He said I am. I am. He still saw himself as unqualified. Yet grace qualified him. When he had so much trouble in his flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and went to the Lord three times the Lord take this thorn from my flesh. The Lord said to him my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, child of God, I don't know whether you have found the will of God yet, but you will find it this year. And in case you find that will and trouble starts, don't say that, hey, me and me, and then I mean, go back. No, don't go back. I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me. In our part of the world, we haven't seen anything yet. Have you ever read about communism? Have you ever read about communism? Or seen photos or videos about communism? You then see that some human beings are Satan themselves. Where if you talk about God, it's like they will, you, you say God. Hmm. They hail the political setup called communism and nothing more. So if you call yourself a Christian, a believer in God, it's like, where is that God? And read the story about how China, thank God, now they have opened some chapters where, you know, churches are, and even that, they are under some regulation. But you have no idea what some Christians, some believers in God have suffered under communism. And it is not only in China, in most nations of the East, including Japan. There's a sister who follows us on Facebook a lot. She tells me that, look, she has to travel from her city to a very long city just to meet some three, four people in a room somewhere so they can have church because there's no church anywhere. Let's not take what we have for granted. Because I see that one day God will raise missionaries out of Africa and we will go back to these same lands I'm mentioning to Mongolia to Russia to India to China to Ukraine to Saudi Arabia to Afghanistan we must save some people at all costs and when you are in the will of God you will see what will happen in the year 2023 I'll tell you later. Because it will happen. Hallelujah. So we who have the opportunity to minister to the Lord freely without any police coming to arrest us, it's not so in other nations of the world. By the time they see that you are sharing your faith, they will not stop you from having your faith in God. Fine. But even that comes with limitations because you can't get some jobs. You can't live in some places and you are under the strict surveillance of police who are monitoring every movement. So the moment they see that you are talking to this brother, Ash, they come in their hundreds and thousands and arrest you and handcuff you and put you in detention and deal with you until you will now say that, enough, I don't even believe there is any God. But I believe in the Communist Party. 
you have no idea where people have to you know work under fear and suppression there are some parts of the world some people desire to go and live in it's not cool like that oh. if they tell you their story you realize that it's not cool like that Africa we are blessed please I said Africa we are blessed and let's not take the liberty for granted because God wants to prepare you and me back to the very people who brought us the gospel. We must save. Because God sees the end and realizes that if nothing is done, I'm telling you, souls will just sink into hell. Just like that. Whereas Jesus went to hell on behalf of every human being. For God so loved the world, the world of sinners, that he gave his only begotten son. So that he can produce sons out of that seed. He, his son was a seed planted. And out of that seed, now we have sons and daughters. Jesus Christ is no longer called the only begotten son. He's now called the first begotten of the dead. The firstborn amongst many brethren. He gave his only begotten son that whoever. Please, and whoever means whoever. So I'm qualified. You are qualified. Because his blood qualified us. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I bring my message to a close. If you see a soul, it's not about is he a Igbe man? Is he a Frafra? Is he a Fante? Is he a Gan? A soul is a soul. And a soul should not perish. God is going to call on us in 2023 to start checking out of the borders of this land. But that will come with its price. Maybe I'm going into what the Lord told me, but I'll give you the details later. It will come with its price. It will not just be pleasant. It will be moving out of the comfort zone. So that in doing the will of God, should you suffer as a Christian, glory be to God. Hallelujah. But he will do it after he has given us greater glory in the coming year, 2022, may his will be done. Can you stand to your feet in Jesus' name?